Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hi, this is Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It. And I am extremely excited today as I always am, but especially today, because we get to uh, talk with a good friend of mine, uh, a client who I've had the privilege of working for several times at their huge conventions, which uh, they actually call them reunions because they are a reunion. And you'll see why when you hear from Dina Dwyer Owens in just a moment, that it's definitely a more personal family approach that she has to business. But we're going to be talking with Dina Dwyer Owens, who is the co-chair of the Dwyer Group, which is one of the largest large franchise businesses in the world, uh, a billion-dollar business. I I could go through, I I will go through all of them. Why not? Let's go crazy. Eight franchise businesses. I got to get my breath here. We've got AirServe, Glass Doctor, The Grounds Guys, uh, Five Star Painting, Mr. Appliance, Mr. Electric, Mr. Rooter, and Rainbow International. And collectively, there are 1,700 franchisees and she treats them like family. I know that when I first went to work for them, it was in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to say almost 15 plus years ago, uh, I was at one of their reunions and I was just blown away by the camaraderie. The, the, uh, it's more than just friendship. It really is a family. So Dina, welcome to our family over here on Amazing Business Radio. Hi, Chef. I'm very happy to be joining you. Thank you. Well, the most exciting thing going on in your life right now is the new book you have that's just come out. We'll talk about that in a minute, but let's give a little background on yourself. And by the way, you may not realize this. I, I, it may have been longer than 15 years ago. I, whenever, I'll tell you, you gave me a gift, and it was a program by your father, and it was on audio cassette. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever audio cassette tapes were still around, maybe it was longer than 15 years ago, but I still have that. It's Don, right? Don was your dad? That's right. Don Dwyer, Target yes. success. Yep. Right. And, uh, and so that was when we first worked together. But go ahead. Let's hear about the background of Dina, and then we'll get into your new book. Yeah. Thank you, Chef. Well, I, I grew up in this business, as you stated, my, me and my father, um, he actually founded the company in 1981. And he had the idea of having a collection of franchise businesses serving the same customer base and then also just benefiting from the economies of scale um, by having uh, all these brands under one umbrella where we could have one, you know, uh, marketing department, one legal department, one accounting department serving all these particular brands. So I I grew up in the business and he had me work in all aspects, uh, which I'm I'm blessed to have had that experience. I didn't like it so much because I was in – in college in the early 80s and really enjoyed having fun with my friends, but he thought I should be working more than having fun with my friends. Uh, and looking back, I'm grateful that he was so so tough on me. But um, we're really in the business of helping people have a better quality of life, Shep. We just happen to use franchising as our vehicle to do that. Uh, in fact, we just kicked off a basic training class today. We have about 30 new franchisees in, in Waco, Texas today uh, launching basic training, and I start by teaching a class called Design Your Life. So we want to teach people the principles and systems of both personal and business success so that all people they touch, that we touch, will have happier, more successful lives. So this morning, I taught a class called Design Your Life, which is about the principles and systems of personal success. And then the rest of the week, they spend time learning the principles and systems of business success. So I wake up every day excited about the the opportunity our team has to make the difference in the lives of our franchisees, our employees, and of course, 
our customers. But right. what I'm most passionate about is, as you know, I think about the Dwyer Group's history is really continuing to lead with the Dwyer Group's code of values, which uh, our founder um, created in, in 1981. We called them the code of values. And when Don Dwyer unfortunately passed away at the age of 60, uh, we were we were publicly traded at the time, Shep, and we were really worried about how we could keep this this culture special. You talked about it as a family oriented culture, and it is very much that way. And we knew it all had to do with this this code of values. And and I know we're going to talk more about this today, but that is really the the passion I have today is making sure that we keep this values alive as we grow this business to the next billion. Right, and I got to tell you, it's. A big business, and when you say you're public, the problem is your stakeholders or shareholders sometimes hold you to a standard of numbers versus a standard of values, which sometimes well, conflicts because sometimes it's not always about the money. Well, we were, we were public, and we, we went private in 2003, and that was one of the reasons. Right. Um, we really have to have the ability to run the business the way we believe best um, suits us and, and who we are as an organization, and it's... Um, doing really well. Well, and it frustrates me. Sometimes companies that are very profitable are forced to cut corners and become more profitable at the peril of, of basically uh, employees and customers. Hey, and speaking of customers, I, I I don't remember whether it was two or three years ago, but you were the star of a TV show, Undercover Boss. Yeah, I don't know about the star. I was really bad at the job. Oh, you were great. No, you were great. It, well, well, I love what they do. I mean, you went in there, and all of a sudden, you were. I, I, I watched the episode, obviously, because I love the show, but you were on it, and uh, it was great to see you in those jobs. But you know what? Hey, I cried. I did. I cried with you. <laughs> well, I, I'm really grateful to CBS and Studio Lambert because they gave me that opportunity, first of all. But what I really appreciate is they really um, – did a wonderful job of portraying who I really am and who our company really is. And what what an opportunity to, to be out there on the front line with some of our service professionals. Uh, my, my mission was to find out if our core values was really penetrating the front line. That's really what I wanted to find out. And the good news is um, our frontline team members do a really nice job of, of leading with our values as they deal with the customers. Can we get better? You better believe it, because no company is perfect, and we certainly are not perfect. But the fact that we have these high standards, and I was able to go out and measure um, that our team members are working hard to live them, uh, was was the real fun of the show. How long did it take to do that show? Gosh, you know, they, they, they don't really want us getting into a lot of detail, but uh, I can tell you that it was over a week. And they were very, very long days. So each contributor that I worked with, so they called the uh, frontline team members that I work with contributors because they're not actors. These are real people. And I did not know them. Uh, I didn't know where I was going or who I'd be meeting with. But we spent a full day with each one of the contributors. So that, you know, in between spending time with my family and spending time with the team at the office, it's a lot of filming. I can only imagine uh, the shock that, I mean, we capture it a little bit on, on TV, but how they really felt and when the cameras were off and it was like, wow, this is Dina. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, I can only imagine. Well, hey, let's talk about what's going on in your life right now. Most important thing is your book from the standpoint of business. I mean, there's obviously a lot going on in your life. You've got your regular business, but this is something that you, it's your second book. Your first book did really, really well, uh, which was Live Rich. And that rich, uh, R-I-C-H is an acronym, uh, right? So yes, uh, share it with it us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, RICH stands for Respect, Integrity, 
customer focus, and having fun in the process, which is always one of my favorites. At the Dwyer Group, we talk about living rich, Shep, and it's not about the dollars. So we think living rich is about treating people with respect and dignity. And when you do that well, and you've got a great product or service to go with that, um, living rich actually does end up creating wealth. As Ken Blanchard has said many times, you know, profit simply the applause we get um, when we treat people well. So Live Rich was the first book we wrote because we were growing so rapidly. We went public to private and we bought a very large company and, and we were, you know, just growing overnight. And I had to have something to give to our, our new employees and our new franchisees to help them understand the importance of our core values. And Live Rich was meant for internal purposes, but it became something that uh, others others were really drawn to because I think the the leaders of organizations today um, want to do right by their organizations, want to have um, great cultures, and yet they're not sure how to do that. And so Liberty was really about how do, you, how do you incorporate values into your businesses and make it a way of life instead of just a one-time piece of paper that comes out of a strategic planning session. Well, I know the values is really important, which is why the name or title of your new book is Values, Inc., yeah, it's all about incorporating values into your organizations, and it doesn't even have to to stop with businesses. Uh, the book initially may attract uh, readers who are you know business leaders, but any organization needs a set of, of core values, and then they need leadership that's going to execute and live those values. Uh, again, recognizing that no no individual can ever be perfect at it, but I think it's important that we all work to have high standards, and then work to live those. And I, if I can jump back for a second, you made a comment earlier about. You know, publicly traded companies are really, the shareholders really want the financial performance. And what I think the book does, uh, it's not about fluff. There are some great stories in there about true code of values experiences from mostly companies outside of the Dwyer Group. But I, I was able to pull together some really hard statistics about how companies that have strong core values financially outperform almost always those companies who don't have strong core values, cultures around very strong core values. And, I, and if I've got a moment here, I can tell you a quick story about the Dwyer Group. Oh, you've got a moment. And, we're, that's what we're here yeah. for. And I think well, that's a great thing. But, uh, you know, be, and I'm not contradicting what you said. Uh, I, I agree with what you said. It's unfortunate that so many people sitting around a boardroom table focus on line items instead of sometimes a bigger picture, which allows growth in many different ways and, and, and even profit being one of them. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, gosh, I hate to misquote, I think it was Stephen Covey, but uh, one of our, our friends who does a lot of leadership training said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Every and day. It, it, is so, it is so true. And in the case of the Dwyer Group, you know, we went public to private in 2003 and grew the company beautifully um, in 2010. The uh, Riverside Company, our private equity partner, you know, wanted to go then to market and get a return on their investment, and so we sold their shares to another wonderful private equity partner called the TZP Group. And all along, Shep, we continue to keep the Dwyer Group Code of Values front and center, continue to grow the business in a beautiful way with the support of, by, by the way, with the support of TZP. And both TZP, the second private equity group, and Riverside, the first private equity group, created their own set of core values after doing business with the Dwyer Group and realizing that it really does work. But here's the fun part of the story is I stayed in touch with our, our friends at Riverside and, you know, reminded them that we're going to be available for sale again in a couple of years because private equity groups do that. They buy companies, they invest in them, they grow them, and then they sell them again to get a return on investment. 
Well, Riverside felt so strongly about the Dwyer Group that three years after they sold us, they came back to the table and said, we want, it, we want an opportunity to buy Dwyer back. And here's why. There's three things. One is the culture is, is so unique. And we know that, again, culture eats strategy for breakfast. We know that companies that have that missionary culture, that missionary zeal, are going to outperform financially almost always. We appreciate Dwyer's management team and, and know and like the team. And then we think the growth opportunities with Dwyer are incredible. They came back, and, and luckily, our, our second private equity partner was open to um, selling the business that early in their investment hold. Well, of course, because Riverside was willing to pay a premium. So living rich <laughs> creates wealth. And I, I think it's wealth first in relationships, but that does translate into profits. Wow. Uh, that's a great story. And it makes total sense. And I wish most companies would think the way you think. We're going to take a real short break. You're listening to Dina Dwyer uh, talking to us about Living Rich and her new book, Values, Inc. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and we are with Dina Dwyer-Owens, and we're talking about her new book, Values, Inc. And Dina, you said something before the break that I think is really important, and I want to reiterate it, and I want to talk a little bit about it, and that is that Leadership is where it all starts. Leadership is where the values not only start, but they need to be demonstrated. It's not lip service. Um, I know I've talked about this example before, but I love Walt Disney's concept of stooping to excellence because he wanted to be the role model for everyone uh, who worked for him. His cast members is what, what he called his employees. And he would walk through the park and he would stoop down and pick up a piece of paper and throw it away. And he knew that as he walked through that park, every one of his cast members, his employees, were watching him. And he said, if I walk by it, it gives permission for everyone else to walk by it. Hence the concept he called stooping to excellence. And I kind of see this here. You, you have to not only come up with the good values, but you then have to live the values. It starts and, end with the le- and ends with the leadership. So you're absolutely right. And it's funny, the story about stooping to excellence, because my father taught all of us the same thing too. Do not walk across this property without picking up a piece of trash if you're passing one. So I am I am the garbage man as much as I am the co-chairman <laughs> of the company. And the, the challenge though is many leaders um, don't execute. So they go through this big strategic planning process and they identify vision, mission, and values, Shep, and then they do nothing with those. Once they spend all this time, money, and energy creating them, they go back to work and they don't execute on them. So that's where I, I find the, the, the biggest um failure is uh, in organizations is that the leadership doesn't then take those values and create some sort of a system around them. And that's that's what I teach in Values, Inc., is how do you create the system around those values so that they are, in fact, lived? And it's it's it starts with defining what they are. And I, I have a six-step process, and it's real simple. It's you define it, and then you communicate it to everybody. Then you train everybody to it. And then as a leader, you must demonstrate it. And then you have to defend it if it goes out of alignment or you see even an individual uh, not living up to whatever it is, the culture that you, you're trying to create. And then finally, you celebrate it when it works. And then like a good shampoo, you lather, you rinse, and... Repeat. Repeat, exactly. <laughs> 
that that is that is right on, but it does start with defining, and and defining is key. I, in the book, I talk about four steps um, to creating values, which are very very aligned with what you just stated. But it's it's defining them. You got to know who you are and what you stand for. But don't stop at just saying our values are respect, integrity, customer focus, and honesty, for example, because a lot of people have values. A lot of organizations do, but they don't really spell out what do you mean by that, because your definition of respect might be a little different than mine. Uh, although ours are probably pretty aligned, but you can have you know two or three different people with two to three different um, definitions of just the word respect. So take it a step further. What do you mean by respect? What do you mean by integrity? What do you mean by by customer focus? And then, as you said, you've got to train people to them, but but we've got to be living it. And, and the thing that we did at the Dwyer Group that was so much fun when we incorporated our values. It was fun. It was depressing at the same time. Oh wow! <laughs> we gave yeah we it gave was the a team bipolar a value. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, what we did is we, we asked our, our employees um, to study the, the new operationalized values. So these are the ones we created after Don's death. And we said, we need you to study these. And anytime you catch a management team member, member violating a value, give us feedback. And the feedback was in the form of a beep. So just silly. Um, but it, it forced the employees. I thought, okay, great. You're giving me permission to catch you doing something wrong. I'm going to have fun with this. So they were beeping us. Literally, it was just a verbal beep right and left, but what it did is it brought an awareness to the values and also a real awareness to the executive team's opportunities for improvement. Wow. So, and and does, I would imagine some of the employees were a little maybe concerned about beeping somebody a little too often? Well, we worked really hard to make sure that they knew that that was okay. We had a couple of silly incidences where an executive didn't respond exactly the way we would have hoped they would have, but we got past those. But I think they, they really felt comfortable beeping us. And the truth is, at the end of the day, the executive team sat down and said, wow, the team seems really committed You because know, they're, they're not holding back. They're letting us know. And if we make this commitment as a leadership team, so it does start with the leader, the main leader in the organization in that you know, at that point in time is the CEO and president. Um, but the whole leadership team has to buy into it because we're being watched with a magnifying glass. Um, and, and in our case, it worked. So I think that you've got to you got to define them. You've got to give the employees a chance uh, when you communicate it to to hold leadership accountable. Um, and so we we had to demonstrate our commitment and then invite everybody to participate. But the, one of the biggest things that we did, Chef, and any good franchisor um, is all about systems. One of the biggest things we did is create those systems around our values, which basically was. Um, Anytime we had a meeting of three or more people, we would actually start the meeting off by reviewing the values. So Great. this is in the book. It, it's not hard. It's a system we created that worked for us, and, and other folks may have better systems than that. But for us, it worked because it kept the values top of mind. So, and you're using the word system, and I almost consider this ritualistic, which basically, I guess, <laughs> what a system is. I mean, it it becomes rituals if it's really systematized. It's this is what you do when you do this, and you do it right. every time. And I think it's a great way of reminding everybody and keeping it front of mind. Um, so, you know, a mantra, live rich, and uh, underneath explaining, I love that, respect, integrity, customer focus, and having fun. And uh, I think it's important to have fun and laugh a little bit. Well, let's get into the book. Let's talk about what you hope your readers are going to get from Values, Inc. Because I have a pretty good idea that you've already said a lot of it, but let's sum it all up. Well, you know, Values, Inc. is a book that really fights the good fight. Uh, people are, are really bombarded every day with negative messages. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tired of the bleak headlines and the limitations 
that I, I read about and I hear about. Instead, I, I'd like to have this book touch pe- people's life with encouragement and possibilities. And I, I think most people want um, this kind of good in their organizations. And they just have to understand that it does it does take some work. It's not something that just happens overnight because you make a decision that these are my values. I've communicated it and I've trained it. And now all of a sudden it's just going to work. It right. takes a lot of dedication. I think your, your point about defending them, so you have the values, but then being able to uh, hold each other accountable, hold yourself accountable as a leader, but hold each other accountable once they are set and, and in place. I, I had an experience just this past week on a board call where one of my team members, I, I felt like there, there was something that wasn't quite in alignment with our values. Uh, separately, after the call, I had a conversation one-on-one with this individual and voiced my concern. And this individual uh, gave me their perspective as well, so try to really appreciate their perspective. And, you know, I had to leave it in good hands and say, look, I, I trust that you'll make the best decision after we've had this discussion. And he phoned me up today and he said, I want to thank you for the feedback. He said, as I had a chance to think about it, you made a good point. I, and I ended up handling it a little differently, and I think the result's better because of it. So it's that defending, if this is who we say we are, then we better be willing to hold each other accountable to that. And that's a perfect example of defending the culture. You talked one-on-one. You didn't berate this person for going out of alignment. You supported them. You made suggestions. And look at the positive feedback. You know, one of the exercises we do on our customer focus program, it's funny you use the term customer focus. That's what we call our program, the customer focus. We have uh, a program called service awareness. And the idea is, excuse me, the idea is that you would, Write down an example of when you've created a great service experience for either an internal or external customer. The internal person, somebody you work with, external, somebody that buys and pays you for whatever goods and services you provide. So what's cool about that is we start every meeting, where every, and we do this once a week, where everybody walks or goes around the room and shares their example. It's a great way to end or start with a very powerful uh you know, just a positive statement and enter into the meeting, you know, all thinking, okay, we're here for this this important reason, and that's to create this very positive experience for a customer. But what happens is it really creates awareness. And I can imagine you could do the same thing with values. Tell me about a time throughout the week that you demonstrated one of our four core values or however many values you have. Yeah, are you asking me to give you an example? No, but I think that's a cool, oh, I mean, it might be a point. cool exercise. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, well, it is. Excuse me. Boy, I've got something in my throat, but that's okay because I'm going to keep going. So what do you, you know, I guess, why don't more companies accept this? You made a comment earlier that you've, your, your proof is in the pudding, so to speak, and that your company is more successful because of the values that you create and that you live by. But, boy, have I dealt with companies, and, and I think we all have, where – there's incongruent behavior where you meet somebody that's really great to work with, and the next time it's somebody it's just not working there. I mean, it's just, it amazes me the dichotomy in personalities, and you wonder, what is the culture of a company when, when you get that much texture and, you know, difference between people? Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is, and I've done a lot, I've spoken to a lot of audiences on this, this topic, and I, what I've found is that it's not that people don't want to live with core values. <laughs> and I think that's the exciting part about this. But I think there is a world full of, of companies and leaders who really aspire to live a life um, uh, 
leading with values and running a company the best possible way, they just don't get across the finish line, Shep. And I think it's because they make it more complicated than it needs to be. You know, just a couple of things that, you know, I've been talking back and forth about. I think it's creating the the mantra and the system around how do I put these values in the organization where it just becomes a way of life here. Uh, I don't have to think about it so hard because we've, we've again, implemented some sort of a system or a, a, a focus plan on how this is just going to come up all the time in our business, and then you begin to live them. And when people begin to live them, when things go wrong in the business, what I find is that they think about a value as the solution to the problem in the business. So it's really all about inviting this this movement to live right and do right in business in a world, I think, that's really in need of this kind of a direction, and it's helping leaders understand that you can do this too. It's not as hard as you think it is. And, And Values, Inc. is a book that can help them with that. Well, it's great, and I, and I think that, you know, when in doubt, what would the right thing to do be? And when you have a great leader, such as yourself, that's creating and developing this with the other leadership, the values, you know, one of the things that you might ask everybody to think about is, like, if you acted like you were the owner or the CEO of this organization, knowing what your leadership once expects is striving for, what's the right answer? How do you act like an owner, or how do you act like the top you know, level uh, in leadership, that CEO? Well, we're going to take a short break. You are listening to Dina Dwyer Owens. We're talking about Values, Inc., her latest book, and it is a great book. And this is Amazing Business Radio, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back again on Amazing Business Radio, and we're with Dina Dwyer Owens. We're talking about Values, Inc., her latest book. And what a fascinating book. It's so focused on really what's right. And if you practice this, I mean, now I could basically say when when reading this book, you understand what's wrong with so many businesses today. So tell us more about the book. Yeah, you know, one of the things about the book that might surprise readers, Shep, is that uh, it's not a book, again, just about warm fuzzies from cover to cover. Uh, we certainly have some fantastic stories about companies who have done a beautiful job living values. But what the book also talks about are the trials and tribulations on a journey um, to living a life or running a business with core values. And, and businesses that do this are tested on a regular basis. So you've got to be strong. You've got to be willing to stand up. Uh, for those values when you're faced with the most difficult situations. I, I remember the story of the uh, the crisis, the Tylenol crisis back in 1982 when the right. consumers in, in Illinois who had taken Tylenol, um, you know, thinking it's just a safe over-the-counter pain relief drug, ended up causing a few people to, to become ill and, and, in fact, die. And it was a, a national disaster, really. And, and what the folks at Tylenol did, the CEO, led by the CEO, was say, we can't afford this cannot be happening. We, we want to protect lives. And so we're going to have to pull all of these bottles off of the shelf and do a recall. They, they had nothing to do with it being a problem. Somebody had tampered with Tylenol. Uh, and yet the company, the CEO and the rest of the, the company had to decide what the right thing to do was. And talk about a troubling time for that organization. I think they pulled 31 million bottles of Tylenol from the store shelf, cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. 
um, to find the answer to, to the strategy and ended up being a uh, actually a solution that now many, many people are benefiting from. I think it's even a law that there's a safety seal now. Right, safety seal. put on these, yep. these bottles. I believe so the uh, CEO was John Chieso, I believe was his name. And uh, I only remember this because the marketing books that came out subsequent uh, to that happening in the early 1980s uh, included Tylenol, McNeil Consumer Products, as one of the like best test case studies for what to do in crisis management. I mean, you talk about a, a tough decision. You, they had to step up, and they had to deliver. And uh, you know what? There might not have been one more bottle that had been tampered with. However, exactly. if they didn't do what they did, they were going to destroy the confidence of the consumer that bought their product. And it could take years to get that back if they ever got it back. And But because they did what was right, the sales rebounded. Yeah. And and people trust Tylenol. I trust Tylenol. And I really appreciate it when they hired me to speak for them back in uh, the early, <laughs> mid-1980s. That's how I met John. I believe it was John. I met three executives there that I worked with primarily. But anyway, had to put that in there. It was, it was kind of fun um, bringing it back. So uh, I think that when I read a book like this, this is the kind of book that I would say, oh, I'm going to get uh, the CEO that I'm working with a gift. But the reality is, as I listen to you, I think the entire organization, any business. I think every employee should read this book. I have this uh, idea that, like, in my world, it's customer service. It's not a department. It's a philosophy, and we try to ingrain in everybody's mind that, hey, you're part of the whole customer focus. Whether you're in the warehouse and never actually deal with a customer directly, if you don't pack the box properly, the customer is going to experience something negative when they open their box. You know, so I think ethics are the same way. Uh, It's not just for the people that are creating the ethics that should be reading this book. I think everybody should have an understanding of the process. So would you agree this book is pretty much for everyone? It it, it is definitely for everyone. And when you think about it, you know, from a, a business standpoint, um, and we've made it very easy, too, for business owners to invest in for their businesses. They can go to values-inc.com and, and buy it at a great discount because that's really what I care about. I really care about getting this book in the hands of, of millions and millions of people who are committed to um, creating cultures that are all built around these values. And uh, even our own employees, Shep, here at the Dwyer Group and our franchisees are, are reading the book as a study club because – the book, again, has stories that are outside of the Dwyer Group and just talk about how these businesses have really committed to their values in, in the tough times as well as in the, in the good times. And the results that those companies have had financially, again, continue to outperform and outlive many other companies. So at the back of each chapter, there are some wonderful but challenging questions because there is nothing easy. You, you can simply put together your core values, right? But there's nothing easy about the execution um, because it's never-ending. You constantly have to be getting better at and holding each other accountable to it. But the book is perfect for a study club uh, within an organization, too, and it's easy to read. Any book I write is easy to read because I I like short, easy books. Um, I like to do a two-hour plane ride read, and that's what this book is. But I think doing it as a group makes it even easier. And even my own team, I had some feedback from our, our admin team the other day. They just launched their study club on the book. And, and from our housekeepers to the gals answering the phone at the front desk to you know those that are managing um, major events for the Dwyer Group, they really they really appreciate how the stories are driving home the importance of living our values. 
So I want to hear a story as we start to wrap up here. Um, and by the way, go, do, give us the website one more time because I want to make sure everybody knows where they can get the book. Yes, values-inc.com. They can buy it on Amazon, but if they want to buy it in bulk, I'd really encourage them to go to values-inc.com. All right, values-inc.com. highly discounted. Yeah, highly discounted because, again, it's, it's about getting in as many hands as possible and, and helping uh, move this direction forward because we are in a world that's need of this, this values direction. So as we start to wrap up, you keep talking about these great stories. And I want to hear, uh, by the way, uh, I think one of the coolest stories you heard, which was all about the monetization and how, you know, private equity firm came back and wanted to buy you at a premium after they'd already sold you all because of the values, which, by the way, they implemented in their own company after learning more about you and, and working with you and having purchased you, basically, uh, not you personally, but your company. Give us a great story, one that just goes, Wow. Oh, I've got to pick one. Well, let, let me let me talk about Starbucks for a second. I do go over a story in, in, in there that, and, and it was one of those tragedies again. There were um, two employees shot in the Starbucks location, and Schultz comes in. I mean, here's a guy who's extremely busy, running a very fast-growing, large organization. Right. Schultz flies is the CEO. The, the CEO flies into the marketplace. Um, first of all, to help find who it is that shot these employees but to give his personal condolences to the family members of these employees. Um, he stayed for a full week to make sure that he attended both of the funerals of these employees. And how many employees does Starbucks have? I mean, they are a very large organization. But in addition to that, he ended up then giving um, some, some great funds back into that community because it was such a, a tragic event that happened in that community. That, that is just one of the many stories of somebody really leading with values. And I, I think of another one. I know you told me one, but well, I go ahead. We'll take, I'll take two or three if they're really good okay, like this. Well, here's one, and, I, and I've got to just tout this one. It's, it comes from one of our brands, the Grounds Guys, uh, which does uh, grounds maintenance. So we do lawn care as well as snow removal, et cetera. There's a, an elderly lady named Darla living, Darla living in a nursing home, and uh, the expectation was she'd live for maybe another couple of months because she was she was quite a lonely lady, quite quite sickly. And when the grounds guys began to come and mow the lawns at this particular nursing home, Darla started looking out the window, just something to do, but kind of just staring into nothing. And the young man who was mowing the lawn that would go by Darla's window started to wave at her, and he wore a very bright uh, yellow grounds guys. Um, shirt, you know, and, and she began then to start waving back after a while. And then he noticed she began to smile. And before you know it, she's actually putting a little bit of makeup on and coming outside and sitting on uh, the back patio so that she could say hello to this young man. And this young man took the time to treat her uh, as, a, as a, an individual, not a lady who's about to die in two months, but here's this human being who's frail and not got a lot of life left in her, but gave her everything he had to show respect for her and dignity for her. She ended up living for a year, Shep. Wow. And, and she smiled somebody, every day he was there. Every day. You know what? She wanted a Grounds Guys t-shirt. He gave her a Grounds Guys t-shirt, and she wore it proudly. And in her, her last uh, letter, when she knew she was getting close to dying, she said, please bury me with my Grounds Guys t-shirt. Oh, my. So this one, one young man who happens to mow lawns, followed our values, and treated her the way he would like to be treated as another human being with dignity and respect, and it extended her life, and I say in a happy way, for a year. 
And it was more than just doing the job that he was asked to do, which was mow the lawn. He was asked to be a human being, a person as well. That's right. What a great story. That is a great story. And that is a great way to end this program. You know, I'd actually call that an amazing story, which is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. So we have been listening to Dina Dwyer Owens, who... Uh, is the co-chair of the Dwyer Group that runs a number of franchisee or it's a franchise organization. She has 1,700 franchisees, and you just heard a great story uh, by from one of her folks. But this is this has been a great show, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, not just for being on the show, but for being who you are and sharing this message. It's so powerful. Thank you, Dina. Thank you, Shep, and, and I am blessed to be on the show, and I just hope people will get out there and get values Inc. because it can make a big difference not only in their business lives but in their personal lives as well. Oh yeah, it make you feel good. It make it, it it gives you a lot of self worth and and feels great. Dina, again, thanks so much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you and everybody. This is Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken, and always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.